Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Good morning, everybody. Great to see you today. Grab a Bible, start turning over to 1 John. That's way in the back of your Bibles, right before Revelation. 1 John chapter 5. And uh, just have that open. Uh, it's good to be back. I've been gone the last couple weekends, and uh, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment. And uh, I always have to laugh, because it's always when I'm gone that changes are made. And I don't know if that's by design, but, you know, I come back, communions change. I mean, all these things are changed. I went to my office today, and I had to make sure that my name was still on my office. I was kind of glad to see that that didn't change. At least one thing didn't change. But uh, it's really, I have to tell you, um, it's so heartwarming to see you. Um, I know some of you, have, you've been kind of meandering back. Uh, it's just fabulous to see you. If you're online, I'm so glad you're online. So whether you're online or you're live, it's, just, it's really great uh, just to see you. And um, just amazing. I just want to say thank you for that. So as we, as we start out today, you know, there's, I think you'll agree with me that there's things in life we don't understand. Would you agree with that? Things happen in life that we can't quite get our arms around and figure out. And two weekends ago, uh, we were invited to go down to uh, Lexington, Illinois. That's a church that I served. We left there 18 years ago, and uh, we were invited by some friends to go down for a, a party, just a reception for their child who had gotten married, and we knew the child quite well. And uh, so we went. And you know, you always know something's up when... We went down for that reason, and probably we only spent like 15 minutes with that whole family at the reception. Like, we drove a long way for 15 minutes, and then I was like, suspicious. I think there might be another reason why we're here. And uh, so it was great. We got to uh, stay with some dear friends. And you know, it's now 18 years later, and I had a chance to really start asking a lot of questions. And as we saw all these people over that weekend, I was asking questions about 18 years ago and what transpired since. And you know, sometimes you can go back in life, and that was one of those moments for me, that a lot of things that I couldn't understand 18 years ago made sense. And all of a sudden, it made sense what happened then compared to what is now. And sometimes we get that clarity. Sometimes we get that like, wow, now I understand why God did this or why God let that happen or why, and you get more clarity in it. And it's phenomenal when you get that. But then there's other times yesterday. I have to tell you a story about yesterday. So I officiated a wedding up in Gladwin. And I was sitting uh, next to this gentleman and it turns out his mother was next to him. And uh, I want to describe her for a moment. Um, she's 83 years old. The word that comes to mind is delightful. Um, she was such a delightful woman, um, had a beautiful smile and a beautiful demeanor, kind, gentle, sweet. And, uh, and it just really kind of struck me. There was something about her spirit. There was something about who she was that kind of just drew me towards her. And, and like... Out of the blue in conversation, she said, well, you ought to hear my son's health story. So I'm sitting next to him, so I said, well, tell me your health story. 
And he starts out by saying, well, you know, I've, I've had two heart transplants. And, um, but then the story got gut-wrenching. He said, when I was nine years old, he said, I'm, I've got four brothers. I'm, I'm number five. I have four brothers. When I was nine years old, uh, my brother, who was 12, died from a heart condition. Wow. He said, then when I was 16, my 14-year-old brother died from the same heart condition. Whew. When I was 18, my 22-year-old brother died from the same heart condition. And when I was in my 20s, my 33-year-old brother died from the same heart condition. And I have that same heart condition. Well, I tell you, um, what do you say? How, how can you even understand? How can you comprehend? And I turned to his mother and I said, you lost four children and your husband died about four or five years ago. And you have a beautiful smile. And she welled up with tears. And I'll tell you what, I was just, um, I was just listening and caring for them. But then when I processed it, it was just like overwhelming. Do you remember? We just studied the book of Ruth. Do you remember that? When Naomi goes to Moab, and Naomi means pleasant, and her husband and her two sons died, and she came back and she, Mara, I'm bitter. God has taken everything I had away, and I'm bitter. And I was reminded of that while I was looking at this woman I met yesterday, and I see delight, and I see peace, and I see joy, and I see I couldn't understand. Is there any explanation? Nobody in their family has a history of heart disease. It just didn't make sense. There's no answers. You see, in life, here's where I'm headed. There's sometimes in life, there's no answers. There's nothing to say except, I'm sorry. It's all I kept saying, I'm sorry. I can't imagine how hard this must have been. And as we look at 1 John 5, John's wrapping up. So we're going to wrap up in maybe a similar fashion. John's going to try to help us understand a few things that are really critical. And they're probably the most important things. So if you've got 1 John 5, look at verse 13. Remember, John is an old man. He's the only living disciple. All the other disciples were martyred. They were killed for their faith. John is the only one who died that we know of from old age. So he's reflecting back of watching Jesus' ministry 
watching Jesus crucified, rise again, ascend to heaven, watching all of his friends in ministry die one after the other. He's the only one living. And, he, and he's summarizing now, almost like a little bit of his life. He says, I write things, these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. Please don't gloss over that. There's nothing more significant for our lives than what he just said. That all the things he wrote, remember he wrote the Gospel of John, he wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, he wrote Revelation, he wrote all of it. But he's saying, I write these things to you, and he's talking to believers, he's talking to those who believe in Jesus, to those who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know. Like this isn't just wishful thinking, hopeful. He's writing them so that you know. Like don't miss the most important thing. And that's to know you have eternal life. Now what is this eternal life thing? Okay, so um, I'm just going to read a few. I'm going to read a lot of verses for you today. So just kind of bear with me. If you want to write them down and go back and look these up, uh, you can. Um, I'm going to quote from John 17. This is where John wrote earlier in his life when he wrote the gospel. And this is what John said. Now this is eternal life. He spells it out for us. This is eternal life. That they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is eternal life. So if you say, well, what's eternal life? It's to know. And the word know isn't like, yeah, I know who the president is. That's not what know is. Know is, um, do you know your wife? Do you know your husband? Do you know your children? Yeah, you really know them. Do you know your parents? Yeah, you really know them. You have an intimate relationship with the people that are in your life. You know them. And this is what he said. You want to know what eternal life is? It doesn't start when we die. Eternal life starts when we come to know, like, I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know you intimately. I don't want to know about you. I don't want to read just about you. I want to have a relationship and know you. And when you know him and you have that relationship, that's eternal life. That's going to go on forever. It's relational. When we get to heaven, it's not about where we live. It's not about what we do. If you notice, God doesn't ever answer those questions but he talks a lot about in heaven about our relationship with the Father, that we're going to see him on the throne, we're going to be around the throne, we're going to be worshiping with all the people from all the tribes around the world, countless people. It's about relationships, it's about knowing, it's about people. And so eternal life, what is it? What is eternal life? It's about knowing Jesus. Now why does that matter so much? Because we still get trapped. We get caught up because this is where the world is. You want to get to heaven or nirvana or whatever special place people think? Well, you got to be good. Just be good. And if you're good, you get to this really special place, whatever the people are creating. And, and that's not at all for a believer. You don't, you're not going to get to heaven because of how you lived your life. You're not going to be banished from heaven because of how you lived your life. See, heaven has nothing to do 
with how good you are or how bad you are, what you've done or what you haven't done, has nothing to do with that. We get to heaven by one thing, because of what Jesus did for us. Because he went to the cross with our sins, we get to go to heaven. And if you're like, well, I hope, I hope I'm good enough, what well, you're not, okay? Let's just be straight. You're not. I'm not. We'll never be good enough. We'll never, ever, ever be good enough. So stop trying. And start focusing on this. He wants us to know that we have eternal life. And this is eternal life that we know Jesus and we believe in him. And, and that's our full trust. I mean, this is, why, this is why it takes faith. And this is what faith is, is really trusting. Like, you mean, Jesus, I'm going to heaven because of what you did. Yes. And I believe in you. Yes. And I trust you died for me. Yes. And that's it. That's my ticket. Yes. And nothing else. Nothing else. So what he wants, this is what John's trying to tell us, do you know him? Because at the end of our life, nothing else matters. Remember, Jesus said himself that sometimes people will get to heaven. And he's going to say, I don't know you. Wouldn't that be the worst thing? I don't know you. That would be crushing. But you and I, we know him. We can read about him. This is why he wrote. This is why John wrote. He also says it. I'm going to read this for you. Um, from John chapter 20. Uh, you can look it up later. John 20, verse 30. Let me read it for you. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. John says, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Are you catching this? John is saying all over the place. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about knowing Jesus. It's about believing in Jesus. It's about knowing. That's what it's about. And that's, that's what he wants to assure us. It's about him. It's about knowing him. Okay, verse 14. Now he's going to go on. He's a little hodgepodge in the end here. He's like kind of randomly. So we're going to almost have about six messages in one here. Uh, so verse 14. Uh, this is the confidence. Why would we have confidence? Because we know him. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will... He hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked of him. So now, based on that relationship, we can go to him and we can approach him. Not because I'm really good, I can approach him. No, we're not. Because I know him, I can approach him. Because I know him personally, that I can walk up and say, Jesus, and he says, yes, Ed, what would you like? He knows me, and I know him, and he knows you. 
and you can approach him. And when you approach him and you ask him for something, did you catch according to his will? Well, in a little while we're going to pray a Lord's Prayer. What's in the Lord's Prayer? My will be done, right? Thy will be done. Why do we pray that? Because we mean it. Jesus, it's not about my will. It's about your will. So I'm going to ask according to your will. I'm going to ask for what I need according to your will. I'm going to ask whatever it is. Lord, heal somebody. I'm going to advocate for somebody if it's your will to heal them. I'm going to advocate for them that you'd help them. I'm going to advocate for them. But it always has to be what you want, God, because you have this master plan. Because we don't understand life. We don't understand what God's doing. It's what I said two weeks ago. I went back and it was just like, I can't understand God. I remember leaving there. There were so many unanswered questions. And I went back and I'm like, this is overwhelming. I got all my questions answered. It took 18 years to get those questions. But sometimes we get them, sometimes we don't. Okay, John, I want to read more about what John wrote about asking God. Because John wrote in, verse, in chapter 14. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. That's what Jesus said. Jesus also said in John 15, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Did you catch the clarifier? If you remain in me, if you remain in a relationship with me, then you're going to ask according to what I want, meaning Jesus. Then he says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Then he says again in John 16, Jesus says, very truly, Jesus can't say it more emphatically, very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name until now you've not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. I don't know about you, but when I was studying through this and reading all these verses, it made me go, golly, I better be like, what do I want to ask for? He's telling me, you haven't asked. What should I ask for? What should we ask for? And most importantly, that more people know him. Use us. I hope that's one of your prayers. God, use me to help other people know you. Because that's the only thing that matters. Use me so that my children will grow up to know you. Use me so my grandchildren will grow up to know you. Use me so my coworkers can see Jesus in me. Use me so that when I go to the grocery store that the person sees Jesus in me and don't let me hinder that, that they see you. I want people to know you. That should be our prayer daily. God, I want people to know you through the way I live, through the way that I talk, through the way that I work, through the way that I, my attitude, my demeanor, I want people to know you. That should be our prayer. God, help us to do that so that more people can know you. Okay, let's move on. So now John kind of goes, this is a little hard section. Uh, if you see any brother or sister commit a sin that does not lead to death, you should pray and God will give them life. 
I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. There's a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. Whew, if you can figure that one out, um, please teach me, would you? Um, I, I hunted, hunted, hunted just to learn everything I could learn, and, and uh, nobody's quite sure exactly what John meant. But maybe we can get a little hint at this. John writes in 1 John 2, I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. See, away from God, away from knowing God. James says it this way, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth, Jesus is the truth, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring that person back, remember this, Whoever turns a sinner from the error of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. What does God want us to do? Not focus on, well, what is that sin? What is that sin? Don't worry about what that sin is. That's not what we should worry about. What we should be more concerned about is anybody that we know that may be wandering, wandering from God. You know, my conversation yesterday with this gentleman and um, I have to tell you, I, I really understood. He said, when I got married, and uh, he said, we met with the priest. And um, he said, I told him, I hate God. I told him flat out, I hate God. I said, a lot of loss in your life. He said, it messes with you when you lose your four brothers. Because then you feel like you have to make your life worthwhile because they didn't have a chance to live. But he kept going on about how much, how much he hated God. Was he wandering? No, he was struggling. He was really struggling. And I just listened yesterday and said, man, you've got a love for God though now. And he said, it took me a long time. He said, I have a close relationship with God. Wow, what a journey, huh? See, you and I, I mean... If you're in a close relationship with God, do you realize what you have? Do you realize the gift that you have to know Jesus? The world doesn't have that. Your coworkers don't have that. People you meet every day are wandering from the truth and they're struggling and they're trying to make sense of this sinful world. And they can't make sense of it. And it's broken and it's messed up. And here's, here we are. We know. We know the king of kings. You know the creator. Someday you're going to get to stand in front of the creator. And he's going to love you. Someday you're going to get to heaven and Jesus is going to wrap his arms around you and say, I'm so glad you're home. I'm glad you know me and I know you. And he's going to call you by name. You won't have to say, my name is Ed. 
He's going to walk up and put his arms around you and call you by name. The gift that you have to know God is the most priceless gift you could ever have. And you have that. I pray you have that. If you're sitting here like, I don't have that, then my encouragement to you is reach out today and say, Jesus, I want to know you. He'll show himself to you. He will. Because he loves you and he wants a relationship with you. But if you're wondering why life is hard, let's go to this last section. We'll wrap it up. We know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. Well, we all sin. We all do. But we're forgiven. The one who was born of God keeps them safe and the evil one cannot harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We also know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true by being in, the son of, in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. Um, if you kind of catch in that middle section there, why is life hard? Because we have a relationship with Jesus, the son of God. And Satan is fuming mad because of it. And does everything he can to get us to wander away. And puts every temptation in our way to get us away from God. It's what he does. But God in his grace forgives us. And he wants us to be in that relationship. So then I was reading, I, I want to read this for you from Revelation 12. If you wonder why life is hard and we can't understand what's going on. Here's a few verses from Revelation 12. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought back. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Did you catch that? He leads the whole world astray. That's his number one goal. So if you just pause for a minute. You know Jesus. But he's leading the whole world astray from God. And you have this treasure of knowing Jesus. We are so blessed. Let's go on. He was hurled, the dragon, Satan, the devil, he was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Therefore rejoice you heavens and you who dwell in them, but woe to the earth and the sea because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury because he knows that his time is short. Then the dragon was enraged at the woman and went off to wage war against the rest of her offspring, those who keep God's commands and hold fast their testimony about Jesus. He wages war against those who hold fast to Jesus. You wonder why life is hard. Like, God, this is so hard sometimes following you. Yeah. Because one, Satan, has waged war against us with one goal in mind. Just get you to wander away from God. You wander away from God, he'll leave you alone. 
But as long as we hold fast to Jesus, we have one who wages war. But did you hear God protects us? There's a battle going on. And so when you can't understand, like, why are, why are things going on, God? Why? Sometimes you'll know, sometimes you won't. But my greatest encouragement to you is hold on to Jesus with everything you got and help others to hold on to him because that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. We're blessed, friends. That's all I can say to you. That I was reading about David who sat before the Lord and said, who am I, God, that you would choose me to be the king? I feel so often just when I sit before God like, who, who am I, God, that you would call me into a relationship with you? Why me? And that's true for all of us. Why me? We're so blessed to know Jesus. And the whole world is searching for some spirituality. And we know Jesus. Hold on to him, friends. It's everything. He's everything. Well, let's pray, okay? Lord Jesus, we don't even know how to say thank you. We don't, we don't understand why you called us into a relationship with you. Why did we respond and say yes? I don't think we'll ever understand, but you did. You called us. Jesus, may our lives be a testimony of what you've done for us. May every interaction with every person we have reflect you and our relationship with you. Don't let us stray. Sin is so tempting. Lord, when we sin, bring us back. Convict us so that we will be in a close relationship with you because we know you. And then Jesus, help us in this life to be a witness and a testimony to all those who maybe have strayed. Bring them back. Use us to bring them back, Jesus. We're so grateful for what you do for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.